Welcome to Future in Flux. I'm your host, Eugenie Ennis from JFF. Workers were facing big challenges before COVID-19 brought the economy to a halt. JFF's Future in Flux series profiles workers and learners from different backgrounds at different points in their career journeys. Reflecting systemic issues that need urgent attention, they talk about the struggles they face and the support they need to get a good job, get their first job, build a career, or change careers. Their stories reinforce the need to transform our education and workforce systems. This episode of Future in Flux focuses on Brenda, who's faced her share of difficulties. I started off doing very well as a young child and started elementary school. My mother and father were married at the time, and then around the age of seven, I got a tremendous upheaval when they decided to get a divorce. At that point, we went from being upper middle class to very, very poor (laughs) and um, lived with my mother as a single parent. At 59 years old, she's about to embark on a new career, partly out of desire and partly out of necessity. She was interviewed by a colleague, Lisa Baird, as part of a grant by the Gates Foundation to explore economic mobility in the United States. Brenda's mother suffered from mental and physical health issues, and Brenda became a caretaker for her and her younger siblings. That set a stage for a lifetime of caretaking, including later taking custody of her young niece's son. So my first job that I did start was, um, I think I was pretty close to 18. Um, It was in a submarine sandwich shop, and I did pretty well with that. It was okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I found myself kind of leaning towards the healthcare field since my mom was not well most of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Started to take a funded nursing program, but I didn't complete it because I was still kind of flighty, you know, being Mm -hmm. that young and looking at the beach and (laughs) and Mm -hmm. partying a little and stuff like that. Um, Just being real honest here. And and I kind of got distracted, but around the age of that was at 19, around the age of 21, I decided I need to get a little more serious about life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I um, actually ended up going to school to take dental assisting and I completed my program. With, I worked in dental for 33 years, wow. um, about 13 as a chairside assistant and 20 as a front desk class office manager. My last boss I worked with, I was with him for eight years and my mom passed the same year he was going to retire. So when he retired, I decided I didn't want to be in dental anymore. Mm-hmm. I um, needed a break from it. It was just kind of intense and I couldn't really like deal with my grief process. So I did something a lot more lighthearted. I went into catering mm-hmm. and then I did that for the last four years um, up until last July. I had um, a different kind of a shift where I had to receive a lot of um, catering bags with food that were 30 plus pounds, um, at least 50 or more within a three hour period. Mm -hmm. And it ended up uh, giving me a shoulder injury, which I can no longer do catering now. How did you find that job? When you left dental, were you a little worried, like all you know how to do is dental? I was. So I said, I started looking and and I tried um, something called um, Washio first, which is a laundry pickup and delivery service. I just wanted to do something where I could 
knock out some hours and get some pay and not think too much, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about what I'm doing. And then while I was picking up laundry, I remember standing outside while I was waiting for the supervisor to come out and tell me where I could pick up the, um, the linen from. I said, oh my God, what is that wonderful smell? I didn't realize it was a catering company. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, that's the food inside. He said, when you get finished getting all the stuff in your vehicle, he said, why don't you come in and sit down and get some food and talk with some of the captains here. And if you're interested, you can go online and apply. Oh, I, was cool. like, I was like, cool. I did just what he said. And, and I got in and I was like, Oh yeah, bye bye, Washio. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny that he recruited you right off the side of the street. I know, right? <laughs> that's why it's important. You know, I have always said this throughout my life. I was like, you know, people that say they can't get a job, it's like, I, I never understood this until I got injured. I was like, if you just get out there and do something, even if it's not what you really want, you're going to probably meet somebody along the pathway that'll provide you opportunity to get to the next thing that might be more toward what you want that was always my philosophy but after the injury I can't stand by that philosophy anymore <laughs> and and why not just because well most people are shying away because you have to disclose there's certain things I cannot do anymore and I'm right-handed and it's my right shoulder so I had a full thickness tear 16 millimeter and I was oh. I've been um, waiting for treatment but I'm fighting for it with a lawyer because it's not being provided to me through workers comp like should have been so my job market uh, has been kind of difficult for me because i can no longer lift he anything heavy and i'm looking for jobs but i don't want to do dental <laughs> I'm, mm -hmm. I'm clearly done with that that was a lifestyle for a long time mm -hmm. and um i need something fresh and fun and you mm -hmm. know so i went to the, the vocational rehab and um I'm thinking about doing something called esthetician training, mm -hmm. but I don't really want to do what, what's really entailed in the esthetician, but in order to do what I want, I have to get an esthetician license. So it's kind of frustrating, actually. Mm -hmm. But um, what I really want to do is be able to um, do eyelash extensions, mm -hmm. um, to do facial fillers with um, plant-based hyaluronic acid, and um, I want to be a common entrepreneur. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to work for um, a boss so much anymore or a company unless they can help accommodate what I want to. <laughs> and I'm mm -hmm. finding that very difficult. And at my age, being 59, I, I no longer work for just money. I, if there's not a good value in it on my end and for them, I don't really have a great incentive for myself to want to do it. Brenda's new disability was a crisis but also an opportunity to rethink what she really wanted to do. I have had such a hard time trying to find employment that works and that isn't a liability to someone because they have all these, you know, all these guidelines they have to put out there. And if you can't fall under them, like you have to be able to lift more than 25 pounds. Well, I can't do that anymore. Um, and I'm right-handed. I can't even comb my hair the way I used to. I have to try to use my left hand. You know, it, my jobs are very difficult to do unless I can do what I'd like to do. And I haven't found anything that really is ideally suited for me right now mm -hmm. because of my now limitations. Mm -hmm. And entrepreneurship sort of frees you from that judgment of others. Yes, because I can create my own job. 
-hmm. that's that's going to work for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) except the fact that in order to do what i want i have to take a a full esthetician course which mostly doesn't address what i really want to learn but in order for me to go on and get the certificates for the other um areas i have to complete the esthetician course first because Mm -hmm. that's how it's set up in california did it make you stop and pause and think, well, maybe I ought to look for some other type of business to open, one that doesn't require a license like this? Not really, because I wouldn't really be interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. At this point, even though I'm frustrated with not being able to find something, it's like, do I settle? I've always settled. I don't want to settle anymore. Right. I just really don't want to settle anymore. I want to enjoy myself. And this you know, is what you want to do. Yes. So... I don't want to be like a retiree, mm-hmm. you know, I want to enjoy life. I want to work. I want to have fun. I want to do a lot of things. Absolutely. It's, it's your turn. So I love what you're saying about being an entrepreneur and basically it allows you to build a job that works for you without having to try to fit yourself and your very unique needs at this point in time with your arm and your yeah. shoulder. You just customize it for you and that's what entrepreneurship represents yes because it feels kind of fake you know? mm-hmm. I cannot wear a mask anymore I mean I've been through so much like I if I really don't do what's true to myself it will be uh very inauthentic and you know when your heart's not in something I don't feel like you do the best the kind of business I want to run is helping women feel better about themselves and look better mm-hmm. it's not yeah. just a one one-sided thing because while they're there you know how we are when we go to the, the salon or we go to get our nails done and stuff we talk mm-hmm. that's what we do mm-hmm. and we're relational and so things get shared and a lot of times it's those little those little um areas where somebody's you know having a hard time and then mm-hmm. at that point in time because i've been through so much myself as well and overcome a lot, I have the opportunity to not just listen to them, but mm-hmm. actually be able to give them some guidance on how to do a little better mm-hmm. and help them look a little better. It feels very fulfilling to be able to do that. How much does the esthetician training cost and how much do all these other little ones cost? The esthetician course, the one that I want to take at the school I want to go to, mm-hmm. it's in Danville and it has 10 students per class. Mm-hmm. That one is uh, $20,000. Most of the other esthetician courses are anywhere between s- about six and 13. How, how are you planning on financing that? Um, actually, Vocational Rehab wants to finance that for me. Cool. Yes. Amazing. Will they yes. help with the other ones too? Uh, no. <laughs> They'll help me get my foot in the door. And, and how did you first get connected to Vocational Rehab? Because I was frustrated, I couldn't go to work, and I was like, somebody has to help me. (laughs) How'd you find them? It came back to my mind that years ago, I had to use them one time, and this time I had a real serious injury, and I'm like, that'd probably be the only people that could help me right now. I spoke with a personal finance expert about Brenda's situation. Carrie Hannon is an author of best-selling books, including Never Too Old to Get Rich, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Starting a Business at Midlife. Hannon says Brenda's situation, hitting a career wall at midlife or later, is not uncommon. 
When you are in this age category and you have lost a job, you've been downsized or there's been a layoff, it is really difficult for many people to get back into the job market again. And people who were so frustrated by the rejections of not being able to find a job, they'd get all the way down and it was as if the hiring manager saw their expiration date, you know, and it just was so discouraging that people say, you know, I'm sick of this. I'm over it. I'm just going to do my own thing. And another reason people start their own businesses or shift to go try something new is often because there's been a life crisis for them. There's been something, whether a health issue of their own, or they've lost someone they love, or even there's been a global crisis that's made them stop and pause and think about what they do every day and what they really want to be doing that will bring joy to their life and joy to their working lives. And in this case, I think this is a perfect scenario where her mother passed away, you know, and it was an inflection point to start thinking about what is it I really want to do. And then she also had a health issue that made her also think and reconsider about what kind of work she should be doing at this stage in her life. So I think this is something we see across many entrepreneurs in this age group and also just career changers in general, because it's a time in life where we're ready. You know, we have these bonus years. It really is someone at 60, you know, can actually have another 15 years to do a lot of different things or even have one whole entirely new career. But it's not the linear career we had when we were younger. You know, you'll do a little of this, a little of that. You might do something for for three or four years and shift to do something else. Or you might do a couple of different things right now. There's no real playbook for what you are expected to do. Hannon says Brenda has a good chance of succeeding as her own boss because people who start businesses later in life often fare better than those in their 20s. You're at a stage in life where you've actually, you have the experience. You've been a manager or you've been a marketer or you've been in sales. You have this body of life experience behind you. You've been through setbacks. You understand how, you know, things ebb and flow and you often have capital to help you start the business as well. And you very well have an extensive network that you can reach out to. Most women tend to be very, um, successful as entrepreneurs because we tend to start our businesses as side gigs. Often we start slowly. We take our time. We don't expect to hit it out of the ballpark right away. It's often why women make great investors as well is because we do our homework and we stay the course. And so I think she's really on a good path to do that. But she really needs to examine what are her skills. You know, we've done that in her MRI. We know she has great communication skills and perhaps good financial management skills because she managed an office for for quite a bit of her career. Um, What else might she need to know about running a business that she doesn't know? She's worked in catering, so it's interacting with people. She has this communication skill. That's in her pocket, and that's a really positive thing. But the big piece I think we need to think about is, How is she going to finance this startup? Debt is the biggest dream killer and money is the biggest stumbling block to starting your own business. So she really needs to sit down and do a budget and say, okay, how can I get lean and mean? How can I, are there credit card debts I need to pay down? There are some unknowns. We don't know how much money Brenda has to invest. We don't know how the COVID pandemic will affect her ability to work in a business with close personal contact. It's also not clear whether her shoulder injury will be an issue. Unlike many entrepreneurs, she's starting a business in a new field, so there will be a learning curve. 
Cheryl Almeida, a director at JFF, says Brenda might want to consider some less expensive options to get the education and skills to launch that new career. Probably the best way for her to get reskilled is to go back to community college. And she could possibly do that from the adult ed side, you know, which has those types of certifications. There's also some online ways to do that, like with LinkedIn. And there are a couple of other online ways to look at upskilling your skills for a particular business that you might want to do. But I do think in terms of opening up a salon, there's sort of lifelong learning in that process where, you know, she at least initially may want to talk to other people who have salon businesses that are willing to educate her. And that's a way that you're doing lifelong learning versus in a, for example, community college. She can read about finance in relation to opening salons. Even sitting in a salon and watching would give her information about how this really works. And then there's also the financial piece where there's a lot of different ways in which you can understand finance by looking online, by talking to people. So that's what lifelong learning is much more about. Cheryl says, if startup costs are an issue, a new entrepreneur like Brenda could team up with another professional. And even though Brenda says she doesn't want to be an employee, it actually might not be a bad idea, at least for a little while. She might want to try to find a partner. That would be my, and or, and, or she also might want to work in a salon first yeah. and see what that's like to be sure she would want to invest whatever she had. It's not probably huge money in salons, but it's probably not bad money either. She would get a lot of experience about what it looks like. And it may help her think, oh, I'd like to, if I'm going to do this, I would like to do this, that they're doing in this salon. This really is something that looks good to me. And I think it would work for me. And I'm not going to do that right over on this side so that she could, she could really learn a lot from that. I think, you know, she has very little money. It may mean that she would have to be doing other work, I would guess, for at least five years. It's not easy to make a big transition at any point in life, but experts say people like Brenda should remember they're not alone and there are always places they can turn for help. This has been Future in Flux. For more information about this series or any other workforce development tools and ideas, go to www.jff.org.